0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem, the place where he would be crucified, bearing the sins of the whole world on his shoulders, the place where he would be raised to life on the third day and be taken up to the right hand of the Father, and all for you and for your salvation. And so Jesus goes forward resolutely with his eyes fixed on target Jerusalem, the place of sacrifice where God had caused his name to dwell. The Samaritans would have none of it. Their place of worship was not Jerusalem, but Gerizim. They had their own notions about God, about where God was to be worshipped. And where sacrifices were to be made. They even made their own version of the Bible, one that made Samaria the place to be. Why bother with Jerusalem when you can go over just to Gerizim? Why bother with the preached word and with the sacraments and with that crazy congregation and with all those difficult, hard to sing hymns when you can sit at home with your own Bible? and have it your way. Surely it doesn't matter as long as you believe in God. Jesus set his face toward Jerusalem. There is only one place where the lamb could be sacrificed. God said so. There were no alternatives, no convenient options, no having it your way. And when it comes to forgiveness, life, and salvation, it's God's way or no way at all. The Samaritans wanted nothing to do with Jesus because his face was set toward Jerusalem. They wanted Jesus on their own terms, and because of that, they got no Jesus at all. Maybe that's something worthwhile for us to remember the next time we tried to make Jesus on our own, to make our own Jesus. He is entirely for us, but only in the way that he will give us, give himself to us. We may want another Jesus or another way. We may think we know better, or we may know what is best for us. But because of our sin, we don't. The Jesus who goes to Jerusalem is the crucified risen one, the same one who says, Make disciples of all nations by baptizing and teaching. He's the one who says, Take, eat, this is my body, my blood, given and shed for you. He's the one who says, The sins you forgiven, you forgive are forgiven. The Samaritans rejected Jesus. He did not reject them. His going to another village... Is only in response to their refusal to welcome him because he was going to Jerusalem. James and John, the sons of thunder, wanted to call down fire from heaven to consume the Samaritan ingrates. James and John presumed the authority to judge and to call and the power to call down fire from heaven, though Jesus never gave them such authority. Instead, Jesus rebukes James and John. Luke doesn't tell us exactly what he said. It's none of our business. But suffice it to say that the, authority, the, the ability to call down fire from heaven has not been given us, not even on those who would reject us on account of Jesus. The way of the disciple is the way of the cross the way to Jerusalem. Elijah learned this lesson the hard way. He had just come off a spectacular victory over the prophets of Baal at Mount Carmel, where fire had consumed 450 of them at Elijah's prayer. Elijah goes back to Jezreel and meets up with Queen Jezebel, who says to him, what you did to my prophets, I will do to you. It was business as usual for Jezebel. Elijah is depressed. In the throes of a prophetic career crisis, pastors can be prone to this same thing. You preach the word of God to seeming no effect, and you begin to wonder, does the word really work? Elijah goes back to Mount Horeb to have a little one-on-one time with God. He hides in a cave, and there is a great wind and an earthquake and a fire, but the Lord is not in any of that. And then there is a whisper, not a small, still voice in Elijah's head the way some people would speak of it, but a whisper. God doesn't have to yell to get our attention. And Elijah gives God his little pity speech again. I've been zealous for your name. Faithful, I've been true. Your people have broken your covenant. They've torn down your altars, killed your prophets, and now they're out to get me too. And God says, go. Go to Damascus. Install Hazel, king of Syria, and Jehu over Israel, and Elisha to succeed you. And oh, by the way, There are some 7,000 in Israel who have not bent the knee to Baal. The way of the cross seems lonely at times, but there are always some 7,000 somewhere. You don't know their names. You probably wouldn't even recognize their faces. They are the communion of saints of which you are a part. We are not alone on this way of the cross. Jesus set his face to Jerusalem. This was his to do alone. Jesus alone is faithful in his mission the whole way. Only he is able to claim this. Perfect, sinless, holy, doing the will of his Father who sent him not to condemn but to save the world. And with the world in mind, he looks to Jerusalem. There are those who would follow him, not knowing where he was going or why. One even said, I will follow you anywhere, not knowing that Jesus was going to Jerusalem to die. Foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests. The Son of Man doesn't even have a pillow on which to lay his head. The one who made heaven his home is homeless on the way to the cross so that you might have an eternal home with him. Another said, let me bury my father, an honorable task. Let the dead bury their own, Jesus says. Burial is not his concern, resurrection is. He is going the way of death and burial himself, so that he might raise the dead in his resurrection. Another says, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to my family. But Jesus says, no one who, turn, who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. You can't plow a straight line with your eyes looking back over the, your shoulder. Any farmer can tell you that. Jesus fixed his eyes on Jerusalem. On the cross that was set before him, he did not look back at what was, but looked ahead at what was to come. Jesus goes this road to Jerusalem alone. Yes, he put his hand on salvation's plow, and for the joy set before him, the joy of saving you from sin, death, and devil, the condemnation of the law. He endured the cross and scorned its shame. For the joy of your salvation, to have you as his own, he fixed his gaze on Jerusalem. And yet your gaze is not on Jerusalem, but on him. There is nothing for you to see in Jerusalem. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. He has brought you out of slavery, sin, death, and self. into a freedom of his forgiveness. Fix your eyes on Jesus who fixed his eyes on Jerusalem to save you. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.